The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. And welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope, for Tuesday, September 13th. I'm your host, Terry Aranga, welcoming William Mara and Dr. Christy Dizonia of the Training, Education, and Research Institute, also known as Terry, based in the San Diego area. Bill Mara is the Chief Operating Officer of Terry, where he's served for over two decades. And Dr. Christy Dizonia is Terry's Director of Education and Research, directing the Learning Academy and Country School, as well as the Research and Life Planning Departments. Our topic today, Exploring a Best Practices Model for Adult Services. Greetings, Christy and Bill. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Well, Bill, I understand that Terry started in 1980. What was Terry's goal? And very generally, what programs have been developed since? Do you feel you've met the goal? Sure. Uh, Terry, we started in 1980 with the idea of developing some small model programs that people could replicate nationwide. And did we meet the goal? Um, I'd say yes and no. Um, yes, we met the goal in terms of establishing model programs, but uh, no, we did not stay small. Um, Terry has evolved into an agency where we serve about 625 families and we employ about 400 people. And, and we have a variety of programs. Um, we have 11, soon to be 12, residential homes. We have uh, an adult uh, development center, which has two parts to it, a, a behavior management component and um, an, an ADC component. We have a uh, behavioral uh, component called CAL, uh, Choices for Adult Learning, which is unique to uh, Terry as it's the only one in the state. We also have two non-public schools. We have the academy and the country school, both primarily serving um, the academy is primarily serving people with autism. We have a transportation component where we transport 154 people uh, daily. Uh, we also have uh, our family support services, which is both in-home and out-of-home respite, and also respite clubs. We also have a behavioral support department and uh, a therape uh, therapeutic equestrian program and potpourri. And potpourri is our resale shop. It um, is also a place where our guys get an opportunity to work and to actually run the shop. We um, are fairly successful with our gross sales at the, at the shop being about twenty-two dollars to $24,000 a month, which is, is great for a resale shop. We've also, Terry, um, developed some great partnerships that we think are real important. Of course, our partnerships with our families, which is most important to us. We also uh, have developed uh, tender loving canines. 
um, which are a organization that is working with service dogs, particularly in the area of uh, autism. We have developed a great relationship with Slow Foods. We have a relationship with Michelle Williams, who, uh, of course, is our national spokesperson and uh, a part of Destiny's Child. And actually, Ray Lucia, and, and he's that person who you hear on the radio talk about buckets of money. Um, Ray actually is involved with us also. So Terry has grown, and we continue to grow. Um, Christy's going to talk a little bit later in terms of our College for Life. And the other important thing that I think that we do is consultation. We've been in the business for over 30 years. We have a great amount of knowledge, and we're really willing and able to share that knowledge with people, um, both uh, internationally and nationally. Well, Bill, this sounds really impressive and comprehensive, and uh, I know that I was intrigued by Terry and all the services offered for, you know, many years when I started looking at Terry, and I've had the opportunity um, to be uh, on site for a piece of what Terry has to offer, um, part of uh, Terry's programs, and I was very impressed. And um it, it it doesn't you know feel like a, a a business at all. It feels like like home. You know, it's very warm, and um, I'm I'm really impressed by the the facilities and the services offered. So, um, really, thank you for sharing this information with us today. You talked about the uh, the client to staff ratio, and I'm pretty impressed by that too. It seems like. Uh, it's a lot of staff persons uh, per uh, per client served. Well, well, it is, Terry, and, and depending upon the program that the particular person is in, it could be anywhere from a one-on-one, which we have in the academy, to a one-on-two, which we have in our homes, uh, of course, a one-on-one in our family support services, to the um, one-to-three or one-to-four in, in the adult program. We also look to... Volunteers in order to enrich those ratios. Um, we would love everyone to have a one-on-one, but it's uh, at this point not possible. We're hoping that in the future we can develop more relationships, bring in more volunteers, and, and enrich those ratios. I think that's something that's so wonderful about your program is your emphasis on relationships and just that warm interpersonal human aspect. So why don't you tell us about the populations served, including the age ranges and diagnoses? Sure. We serve um, a tremendous amount of people with autism and, and other developmental disabilities, of course. And then we also specialize with people with um, dual diagnosis, with traumatic brain injury. Uh, recently, we have a lot of our folks have become uh, involved with dementia, and we've been working on developing programs for them, both in the residences and, and in the group homes. And I think that over the years, Terry has really specialized with people with some significant behavioral challenges, and we work really closely with them and closely with the families. Um, Christy's put together a, a whole department who is now doing consultation with families, and I think that um, we really excel at that. Probably our youngest is could be um, 18 months old, and our oldest is probably a, a senior citizen, 70s to 75 years old. And our goal has always been to develop services so that we feel like we're a family. And, and as our people are aging out, we want to be sure that we're working with them and serving them and that we have those services in place. Well, what is the Terry philosophy and the philosophy that you instill in those working with individuals with challenges. It must be something good from what I've seen and what I'm hearing. 
Well, I mean, our philosophy is to provide a quality program and a quality day for our guys. And, and whether they're, wherever they are working with Terry, we really believe that a person should get the most out of, of their day. And that could, is both for our staff person and for our clients. We really, um, we want what's best for them, and, and we want them uh, to enjoy their achievements and successes, and we want them to have a very fulfilled day. And, and if we feel like we can enrich their lives by the various types of programs and services that we're offering, then they're going to have a meaningful day, and our staff are going to have a meaningful day. Mm-hmm. And, Christy, you've worked with people with autism for 30 years, so what overarching principles have you learned about what promotes quality of life across the lifespan? Well, first of all, I have to say that it's been um, such a privilege to have known the same people, you know, and to be able to see what really made a difference in their lives from the time that we first met them and they got involved with us in, in the 80s up until today. So, so it's, uh, it's, it's been a great thing to learn about. And I, I've, I've kind of boiled it down to five you know, five primary things that, that looking backwards, you know, uh, on what really made a difference in their life, we, we see that five things kind of rise to the top. And the first is that you want to be sure that there are people in their life who are not paid to be there. Because the reality for um, adults and for adult services really is that there's a high degree of turnover. And while they'll meet many wonderful people, um, the odds are on the side of the fact that those people are going to leave. So if you're a parent and you're out there, you know, with either a a child or an adult with uh, autism, I think one of the things that you want to focus on is who can you pull into your life? Can you do, uh, you know, can you form a circle of support so that someone will always be there for them, you know, despite the the staff turnover and other things that that are just a reality of adult services? The second thing that I see as important is that Social skills are really the most critical thing that you can work on with your child. And, and a lot of people argue this with me, and they say, no, 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 it's eliminating problem behavior. It's developing effective communication. And I agree that those are they're critical, absolutely. But when your child is 40 years old, there are plenty of people, usually staff who work in the field, who will want to spend time with them, even if they don't talk, and even if they get hit every once in a while. Um, and that's because these people, we'll call them staff, have, have found an, a way to connect with that individual with autism. Um, people fall in love with a personality or a smile or the hug that they get at the end of the day. And so if you're looking up at what, you know, what do I make, need to make sure is always on, you know, my child's IEP, focus your energy on helping them learn and do things that connect them to other people. And until they can do that on their own, be sure that you have plenty of videos and stories and all about me books, ways to show the person behind the autism to all of the folks that they come in contact with because that glimpse uh, at, at the individual is really what promotes that connection. The third thing on my list is the more interest they have and the more things they do, the happier they're going to be. And that's a great thing about a lot of children and adults with uh, autism, particularly as they have a lot of passionate interests. And, and that's something we need to celebrate because it's likely that that, that will become their future career. But the fact is that the more things they can do to occupy their own time, the easier it is to be around them. And if they're easy to spend time with, more people are going to want to do this. So, you know, we're all happiest when we're engaged in something we enjoy. And I think my advice would be just always keep offering new things, new things to your child in the hopes that some of them will stick. 
and that when they become an adult, they'll have um, you know a multitude of, of things they enjoy doing and ways to spend their time. The fourth thing on my list is, unless your child can do it on their own, you have got to plan for their future. And I can't tell you in 30 years how many families I run into that really don't have a plan in place on what they want for their child when they move into adulthood. Now, clearly, if your child is able to participate in that plan, it's critical that they do that. But I I work in large part with parents whose children are not able really to participate in what they want to be doing when they're 30 or 40 years old. So having that plan in place and starting to work toward that plan, you know, as early as possible really makes a difference in quality of life down the road. Things are not, people aren't walking around going, well, I wonder what we should do next. It's all been laid out in a plan. The final thing on my list, uh, on this list of five, is help them learn to do things that society values. And this kind of goes back to Wolf Wolfensberger's principles for those that know of him. He just recently passed away. Uh, you know, and, and I feel like we've made some progress, um, but people with significant special needs are still viewed by a lot of society as, as folks who can't, can't make a contribution. Um, so we haven't really done all the job that we need to do to, to get society to, to see them as valuable and, and contributing. And, and I like to think beyond recycling and cleaning tables and things like that and look for roles that society values. Well, this all sounds wonderful, and we'll recap this when we come back from break at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If listeners would like to look at the Terry website while we're on break, it's www.terryinc.org. Thank you to our sponsor, OxyHealth. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with William Mara and Dr. Christy Dizonia of Terry, the Training, Education, and Research Institute in the San Diego area, and um, their website is www.teriinc.org, and we are talking about exploring a best practices model for adult services. Before the break, Christy, I had asked you about overarching principles you've learned about what promotes quality of life across the lifespan and you talked about establishing permanency of people in the individual's life and um, teaching social skills so that that person could connect with people. This really spoke to the uh, priority that Terry places upon relationships. Uh, you talked about celebrating and encouraging interests, planning for the future well in advance, and teaching skills that society values. So now let's discuss um, quality of life in specific domains, starting with an in-depth look at Terry's residential services. Bill, what goes into a superior residential program like what you put into your program? I think, Terry, what we really have, and I feel really proud of our homes, we have 11 and then we're building our 12. And each home is unique, and I think that what makes it unique, of course, is the people who live there their families, and the staff. And, and I think that the commitment from our staff to the families and, and, and to our, our residences are amazing. And, and I've said many times we're, we're only as strong as we are, uh, as our staff are. And fortunately for us, we have a very strong uh, staff who are totally committed. We are also committed to them, and we're committed to our homes. Um, we run what I would call model, model homes. I, I've been to homes throughout the state and also in other in other states, and I've never seen the quality that I, I, I feel and see in, in the Terry homes. Not only is, is it a home where our guys live, but it's also a workplace. And for us, it's real important that our staff have an environment that they're comfortable in as well as our guys. Most right. of our homes are located um, on large um, residential uh, areas where it, about a 3,500-square-foot home, which would have... Um, um, an acre or an acre and a half, and many of them have swimming pools. They're, they're lovely homes. But most important is the, the, the commitment of us to, to our clients and, and, and to their families. You know, I should let listeners know that I visited a Terry residence, and it was lovely. Uh, I was just in awe. I, it was immaculate. It was tr- attractive. It was tranquil. Uh, I, I was just really quite impressed. So how does Terry ensure the safety of residential premises for those who live there? Sure. Um, we really look up at, at uh, again, like the home that you visited, Terry. That was actually started by a group of parents coming to us and saying, would you be willing to open up a home? And, and, and we said yes, but, of course, we would need to partner, which we did, and it was very successful. But in order to ensure the, the safety of our guys who live there, um, I think the first thing we have is, is a, um, whether we like it or not, but a set of regulations that um, require us to do a, n- a number of things to ensure safety and, and to ensure the um, health and, and, 
again, safety of our guys. We're licensed by the Department of Health Services. We are, um, have the local fire marshal has to do a cl- uh, clearance. The state fire marshal has uh, to do a clearance. We have um, security systems in the home. We have um, awake overnights in the home as well as a backup uh, uh, person if, if need be. We, again, we look at the people and we look at, you know, what are the needs. And, and to give you an example of that particular house in terms of safety issues, we had one young man who um, really couldn't help himself but to break windows, and we removed all the glass and put in um, a glass that wouldn't break, even if you hit it with a um, baseball bat. So what we're really looking for is um, to look at the individual um, houses and what we can do to make sure that they're safe. Well, and Bill, if I could add in for just a second, the house that you saw, Terry, was one that we partnered with families whose um, children all happened to have autism. And we did a, a lot of work on um, understanding the, the very specific needs of the, of the guys that were going to move into that house. One of them had um, a life-threatening elopement problem. And so even the location of the home, you know, which home we were going to, to get and set up, it factors in all of those, you know, all of the specific needs of the people that are going to live there. I was yeah, I... really impressed, too, at how you customize the rooms um, and if, as per the needs of that individual. Sure. Our goal has always been to exceed standards, not meet them. And I think that the other thing in residential that we're fairly proud about is our, our, our commitment to sustainability. We really looked at our programs in terms of how can we be as green as we possibly can. And we've also put house gardens in all of our programs. We have also have a director of our culinary program who changed all our menus last year and, and excuse me, two years ago, and our guys have lost 500 pounds by just a, a few tweaking uh, uh, some of, the, of these menus. And the Amen. other, I think, key part is our partnerships. We're continuing to look at partnerships and see whether uh, what we'd like to do is, is to have somebody adopt every home. And, and right now we're working with, with a couple groups, um, the Soroptimist Club and the uh, Alhambra, um, who are in the process of adopting a home. And, and our partnerships are real important to us. They're real important to the families. I think that's something lovely about what Terry stresses, partnerships and relationships. And that home was lovely and sunny, and you could you know, tell that a healthful diet was being served. So, Well, one of the things that... Um, that I really that impressed me about that home because that was really our first home where the, where a group of parents came to us and said, "Here's what we want. You know, our children have autism. Actually, they were young adults. Um, and and here's what we want in a home. Can you make it happen?" And what we saw um, as the months went by after that home was established was that that group of parents, only a few of them knew each other before you know before we put this together, and they became an extended circle of support for each other. You know, so a brother. Uh, might go to visit his brother who lives in the home, and he would call other parents after his visit was over. Oh, I saw, you know, I saw Sam today. Let me tell you what was going on there. So that connection that the the families ended up making, um, and the advocacy that they that they did, the support they gave each other was a was a really wonderful thing to see. It, it really was, and, and, and was. actually, that model has carried over to the home that we just recently opened. Mm-hmm. It's a four-person home, and those families, again, are totally committed to not only their son, but also to the other people who live in the program. 
And, and that particular house also is a gluten-free, casein-free home, which is interesting because we have two on that diet and two not on that diet. So the staff <laughs> right. are doing a great job in working that. Well, if someone is listening in from, say, Australia, how would they begin to replicate Terry's model, and what advice would you give to them insofar as making sure to follow all applicable regulations, finding caregivers and therapists with a great attitude and skills, and other things? Well, that's a big question because, obviously, in Australia, their regulations are going to be different from ours. So, you know, it it is your responsibility to find out what the regulations require. That's kind of a baseline to me. It's you know, okay, yeah, be sure all your ducks are in a row when it comes to regulations. What's what's more important, um, like you said, is how do you find caregivers, how do you find therapists who are really going to do um, a great job of working with the residents in the home. The, the caregivers, we do a um, very extensive screening when it comes to caregivers. I, I think the state, and Bill, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they, they don't require a ton. They require fingerprints and, um, you know, a few things like that. But we go way beyond that. We do... Uh, uh, two layers, two levels of screening. We um, have testing that we do with folks. We look for people. You know, we're looking for attitude, right? We're looking. You cannot have a lot of experience, but if you have the right attitude, that's really what makes the difference. So we only hire uh, one out of every forty people who apply to us. Right, one out of every forty people. Um, so we're very careful because we know quality of life for our residents is directly related to the people working with them. Um, and that will always be be true. Uh, in terms of therapists, we we you know we've been doing this for thirty years in our case, so we've kind of weeded through those therapists that are are not uh, so great with our population. If you're out in Australia, I'd say talk to parents. Um, you know, ask around, start finding out who who's parents chosen because you know parents are not going to settle for a therapist who can't um, understand their child's special needs. So that's where. That's where I go, and I guess finally I'd say we do we do consultation. So give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> now I understand that you were cited as a model program in the state of California, and people traveled from travel from all over the country, in fact, to learn from Terry. No, that that's very true. Uh, recently, we hosted um, Department of Health um, surveyors, uh, two surveyors from every state, uh, including Hawaii. And that happened last year, and they came to Terry to look at our programs and also to work with us and with our staff and with our clients so that these folks could learn how to go back to their home states and evaluate similar licensed programs. And it was extremely successful. We learned a lot, um, and and we had a lot of positive uh, feedback, and we were able to really, I think, show what we're doing and allow other states to replicate this model. Well, and, and that, that happened with us. Oh, I'm sorry, Bill. That, no. that also happened when we first started the agency. We were one, you know, of a small handful of people that were awarded a grant, and when the grant cycle was over, our, our um, you know, our agency kind of rose to the top in terms of the quality of services. So we went throughout the state and presented how we were able to take the same funding everyone else had, the same regulations everyone else had, and, you know, and turn it into to really a very high-quality um, model. So you know, quality of life has always been our goal, ever since the moment we, uh, we started the agency. I think that's so cool how um, Bill answered that question when we're talking about the fact that Terry is a model program and Bill is saying, we learned a lot. 
when other people came in, we learned a lot. So even though you're a model program, you're still always looking to learn and improve. So we talked oh, we're, about we're always evolving. And, and, as, and as, as people change and as time changes and as the need change, Terry evolves. And, and we're out there always looking to see what is the best practices and in, in, in how can we make things better for our guys. Absolutely. That's lovely. And you talked about the group homes and how nice those are um, for the individuals who you serve. How do you foster vocational opportunities for the residents in the group homes and other people? Well, our residents, um, you know, attend adult, a variety of adult day programs, including our adult day program. So, you know, first of all, we just uh, we, we screen and make sure that the day program they're going to is a good fit and meet their needs. So I'll talk just a second about the adult day programs and other day programs that Terry provides. You know, Bill mentioned briefly in the introduction the Learning Academy, <coughs> excuse me, which is a non-public school for kids who have very significant behavioral disorders, and they come to us from 17 different um, school districts at this point. We just started a pilot um, just, just this month in September, uh, diagnostic program within that school where districts can send us kids for 90 days and, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of use our expertise and experience to, to gather some information and help uh, help reintegrate them back to their home school. So that's a new pilot there. The country school is a, is a school that's primarily for kids with Asperger's and high-functioning autism. Um, we have a few other kids mixed in there, but that's the bulk of our population. So most of the kids at the well, uh, I guess we're going to take a break, baby, so should I hold yeah. off? Sure. Let's continue this when we come back from break at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, OxyHealth. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with William Marin, Chief Operating Officer, and Dr. Christy Zizania, Director of Education and Research at the Training, Education, and Research Institute, also known as Terry, in the San Diego area. And their website is www.teriinc.org. And Christy, why don't you pick up with what you were saying before the break? 
Right. I was trying to give you kind of a quick overview of the day services that we offer, and I was talking about the country school, which is a um, non-public school and private school primarily for kids with uh, high-functioning autism and Asperger's syndrome. Um, you know, those kids do really well because they're not uh, safe on a comprehensive school campus. A lot of them have been bullied, and they kind of need a place where uh, everybody everybody knows their name, sort of like Cheers on that old television show, um, you know, where they can find friends and they can feel safe. We, we started a new pilot there this year as well for students who um, have autism or, or Asperger's and who also have significant behavioral disorders. We have the Center for the Arts and Adult Education, which is our uh, adult day program, and that offers a, a broad spectrum of choices and opportunities from vocational to, um, you know, obviously arts-related, um, you know, pursuits, and all the way up to retirement. We have a great retirement program. We joined up with the Red Hat ladies and uh, and do teas and, and things with other Red Hat groups in the community. So we really serve, uh, you know, across that whole adult lifespan, we can serve those and do serve those folks in CAAE. And finally, um, CAL, Choices for Adult Learning, is a pilot program we started three years ago. And um, it, it specifically came out of um, looking at how many children with autism have had one-to-one supports throughout their school career, and then all of a sudden they graduate. It's like falling off a cliff, and they can no longer access one-to-one supports. And, and so they ended up uh, not succeeding in adult programs where their parents kept them at home. And, and uh, I think it took us about 10 years of working with the regional center before we finally um, you know, were able to work out a pilot project for these guys. So Cal is is sort of a bridge program. Um, we we do have people that are not just graduated. We have older people in it. But it provides two staff for every three adults, which allows for, uh, you know, a one-to-one piece of the day, about a third of the day. So we've done a lot of innovative things there. We, a lot, everyone has a microenterprise, and um, uh, relationship development within the community is a big focus. So Cal, uh, you know, when, when things are a pilot, you're never quite sure whether they're going to work or not. And we're very happy to say that Cal has been extremely successful one of my goals is to see a Cal program in every community, um, and so we are very interested in talking with people who might want to want to replicate Cal. So that's kind of a very quick overview of our uh, day services. It sounds like you think of everything, and I know Bill was saying something interesting during the break um, about a micro enterprise and you know, producing food, organic gardening. Sure, Terry. I think uh, the health and wellness is, is goes across all domains of, of Terry, and, and in our day programs, we have um, an organic garden, and it's probably about a, um, a little over a quarter of an acre, and we've been able to pull out about 500 pounds of organic vegetables in the last five weeks, and we've been able to um, use those in our homes. So we're pretty excited about that, and really, we've partnered with Slow Foods, who are coming in next month to help us plant a, a winter garden. So health and wellness is, is really important to us, and, and that we have a 5,000-square-foot a fitness center with a full-time uh, fitness director who directs not only the, uh, the fitness programs of our clients but also of our staff. So it's real important to us, and, and I think that we're developing a culture here that um, really is going in that direction. That's it. You're developing a culture, and it's a nice culture. Very nice. So, Christy, how do you make sure that your clients, the affected individual, that is, the client's wishes for what they'd like to do and how they'd like to live are respected? Maybe, you know, maybe they're not um, 
very verbal. Tell us about life quality planning. How do we get to this really nice point for these really nice options that you offer um, the older individuals? Right. Well, we want, you know, we want to be sure that what we're doing meets a need in the community. And and having done this for 30 years, one of the things that that we saw that uh, you know wasn't there was a very a very user friendly, um, you know, easy easy to negotiate way to sit down with families and say, let's talk about life. Um, you know, let's talk about the life you want for your child now, um, and let's talk about the life you want for your child 20 or 30 years from now. And, you know, the kind of the existing tools, letters of intent and things like that, they're, they're really overwhelming for families. They give you a bunch of questions, and you're supposed to sit down and, and write these long answers. And it's just, it's overwhelming for parents. So that's, you know, kind of that need. Just like with every program we have, everything we've done has been in response to, to people coming to us and going, you know, help, I can't find a program for my child. Um, and so life quality planning was the same thing. And we made this as simple as possible. So basically we look uh, um, across 13 different areas of life. We have a, uh, an extensive survey, so we ask all the questions. We do it over the phone so it's real um, comfortable and easy for families to do. And we ask the questions and the families provide their answers. Um, and we also include the individual with um, autism or other special needs if they're, you know, if, if they're able to participate. Um, otherwise the family sort of represents um, them in these discussions. At the end of the phone conversation, which which is long, but it's a, a one-time thing, um, you know, we take all of these answers and we put them together into this life quality plan, which also has goals. So we we like, you know, I think I said it earlier, but it's so important to stress that, you know, once you know what you want the future to look like, you have to start now working on that. Um, and so we suggest goals throughout this document that families might want to embed in their IEPs. Um, or simply work towards in one way or another. So that plan, I just can't stress the importance of that plan really drives what kind of adult day program someone's going to go to, what type of microenterprise might they be the most interested in. Um, it, it really is the basis for um, pretty much all everything that goes on from that point forward. It does go back and tie in with those overarching principles that you were talking about earlier in the show, Christy, you were talking about celebrating and encouraging interests. So if we encourage interests along the way while the individual is growing up, then we'll know what they will be happiest at to integrate into their life quality plan. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, relationships, uh, I think that was another one that I mentioned. You know, it's so important to have people in their life. Um, you know, identifying that early on, making sure there's always a goal being pursued um, to kind of move that forward. I, I think as parents, you know, because I'm a parent as well, as you know, uh, my son's 27 um, at this point, but I've been there uh, and I'm still there. And we, I think we sometimes get all wrapped up in, in skill acquisition, and I'm not saying that that's wrong. I, I do think it's important to tie your shoe or brush your teeth independently. But, but you know, and sometimes things like relationships and social skills can fall off the, the plate and I, and I guess I feel it's really important to never let that fall off the plate. Oh, yeah. Um, sometimes I just wonder at the wisdom of, you know, trying to uh, drill into an individual how many rings are around some such planet or moons are around another. <laughs> and it's like, what kind of a life skill is it going to give them? Yeah, I have to agree. I, I, you know, the whole, uh, the whole thing is, to me, when you're 40 years old, it probably doesn't matter that you know how many rings are around Saturn, but it sure matters that you're not alone. 
It sure yeah. matters that you have people who like you and want to spend time with you. Um, so we, we can't lose sight of that in, in the moment, you know, when we're, get, when we're all caught up in therapeutic interventions and all the things that we do. Let's not lose track of, of what's really going to be important down the road. Yeah, so, so, Bill, what is your staff's interaction with the family like, and how do they integrate the family's wishes? And, um, yeah, tell us about that. Sure, Terry. It, it's um, actually like an extended family, uh, particularly in our homes that we've developed in the last um, couple years with our, a lot of our newer families, but even our ex- existing families, because many of our guys have lived with us for um, almost 30 years. But we really look at the family as a, an important part of, of that, that team, and that team is um, there to ensure that our guys have a quality life. And we really um, communicate on a regular basis. Uh, there are some families who communicate daily, some twice a day, particularly when their kids just moved in. It's, it's, it's a traumatic thing for a family to make a decision. Not traumatic, but it, it, it's for a family to make the decision they want to place their son or daughter, we recognize how difficult and challenging that is, and we try to make it as easy as we possibly can for them. And sometimes that means two or three phone calls a day in order to make that parent feel supported. So we really do look at whatever is best for the client and whatever is best for the family. Um, our families feel very comfortable. They host birthday parties or Christmas parties at the house. They invite other families' members over. We're really trying to um, extend to extended families. Most of our guys now have Facebook pages where we can communicate easily with our family members and take pictures on a regular basis and, and put them on their Facebook pages, and then they can share it with their cousins and their family friends. It really is all about ex- extending the, that um, group of people so that our guys have more contacts and, and, and more relationships. And I think our families feel extremely secure in... Um, our residential um, programs, particularly when the relationships with the staff is real strong, and, and in most cases it's extremely strong. Well, you're right, Bill. It is a very emotional decision, and um, parents didn't realize that they were going to need to be, you know, when during the, the pregnancy and preconception stage, most parents probably did not realize that they would ever need to be facing these kinds of decisions. And so it's wonderful that the parents are being supported. And when the parents are feeling better, um, you know, that rubs off on, on the kids, too. No, so sure it does. Yeah, so it's wonderful that, that Terry is supporting and respecting the parents in this way. Now, Christy, uh, before we uh, go to the next break, I just want to ask, are programs open to individuals who live in Terry, Terry residences, the community at large, or both? Open to the community at large, um, so anyone um, you know can uh, can apply to be involved in in any type of Terry program. Okay, very good. Well, we're going to take a break, and we will be back with Dr. Christy Zonia and William Mara from Terry, and their website is www.teriinc.org. At the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, thank you to our sponsor, OxyHealth. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. You know, just listening to the name of the show and coming back now with William Mara and Dr. Christy Dizonia of Terry Training Education and Research Institute in the San Diego area. Um, I do really feel that we're we're talking about something very hopeful and meaningful to individuals affected by autism and their families because it's the dearest wish for a family that they can feel secure in knowing that their loved one is in a pleasant, um, happy, safe environment with people who um, respect them and who they enjoy, and that is what I'm hearing. So I I just want to thank you both again for being on this program today. Um, Christy, I understand that Terry offers a special needs life coach certification program. Right. You know, I talked earlier, right before the break, about special needs life quality plans, which, um, you know, we do for everyone. We've done them for people, actually, in in Mexico and other parts of the world. And, and, uh, you know, that that planning tool, what happened as we started doing those with families was that they would give us a call and go, okay, I'm ready to go. I I have these goals now. Um, Who can help me? Who can help me make these goals happen? And I kind of uh, thought, well, what makes sense, and, and went to the life coaching industry, where uh, that's kind of their profession to help people uh, meet unmet goals. And when I did that, we found that um, there were there was no such thing as a special needs life life coach. Um, life coaches did other things, but they were not supporting our population. So that led us to develop a, an on- online training program for folks who believe that they have something to offer as a special needs life quality coach. So it's a 16-week program, all done online. Um, I'm actually the the teacher for the program. I think at this point we've trained about 75 people across the United States as well as uh, uh, I've had a student from South Africa and, um, and a student from Canada and one from Mexico. So my, my big hope is that families will have access to a special needs life quality coach uh, across the lifespan, um, you know, that, that they'll be everywhere just like uh, occupational therapists are everywhere. Well, let's talk about the the growing need. Um, we know that the population of adults with autism is going to skyrocket soon, and meanwhile, the economy is horrendous. Uh, how do you see this impacting those whom you're currently serving and those whom you'd like to serve in the future? I think that um, one of the most important things that families need to realize is that government resources is, is dwindling and, and that we continue to take cuts. 
and that uh, families really do need to become involved financially and, and take on part of that responsibility. One of the reasons we've been successful is that we have partnered with our families, and, and that was a fiscal responsibility also. And, and our families have really stepped up to the plate, and, and I, I'm very proud of them because they realize that um, the challenging we're face, facing just in terms of the government funding. So we ask our families um, if they're in a position to do sustaining funds, and, and what that is, it, it, it's a, um, a dollar figure that the program's losing. And, and we say, this is the dollar figure, and, and this is what uh, we're losing. Can you help us? And, and we have families who have given us $10 a month, which was extremely generous for that particular person because they did not have it, to families who are helping to support us at a $1,500 a month. So we really just work with the families and say to them, this is what we need. Can you help? And we've also asked families for capital gifts, and we're sharing with them we need to build for the future. And if you're in a position to do a capital gift, that would be wonderful, too. It's, I think it's all about communication and, and to let families know that, you know, this is what we're doing to protect the future. And, and our next thing after we uh, build our campus, and I think Christy's going to talk about that later, is to build an endowment. At the time we finish building our campus, we'll own all of our homes and we'll, we'll own, own the campus. What we need to now do is to build an endowment that will protect our guys into the future so that parents um, don't have to worry, that, that we will have this um, endowment that will endow the future. We also, um, uh, you know, are committed to uh, raising funds. We uh, work... Um, very hard in terms of writing grants and, and to do uh, our annual fund. And, again, it, it's, it's with our families, it's with our community, it, it's with whoever is supporting Terry. I think one of the most telling things happened when we had first started the agency, and we had a, a pretty high-level high official from the Department of, of Developmental Services come down, and, um, and he said to us, you run Cadillac programs, but the state's only interested in paying for a Volkswagen. And, and now they're and only interested in the horse and buggy. <laughs> that stuck with me all these years, that if you want to do a Cadillac program, don't look to the state to pay for that. You have to look to other resources. Oh, my gosh. You know, I got that same kind of comment back when I lived on the East Coast. <laughs> well, yeah. you know what, I've, I've got to tell you, um, from what I observed, you know, your heart's in the right place. You're working extremely hard. And it's definitely a Cadillac program. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. It does take a lot of hard work, that's for sure. Yeah. The other piece of it, Terry, I think that that's, needs to happen is that parents need to realize that transition from, from public school to adult services is huge. And, and when they realize, you know, what adult services actually is funding is a, a piece I think that parents don't comprehend until they're son or daughter also is obviously into that uh, adult services world. Well, you know, Terry, you and I travel a lot. I run into you at conferences in various places, and, and I know that because we're in California and we have the Landerman Act, we're in, we're in a much better position relative to adult services than, than anyone else in any place else in the United States, but, but it's, not, it's a false way of thinking to believe that everything that you want is going to be covered simply because we have that act in place. Right. Well, Christy, what are your dearest wishes for the future? Oh, my gosh. I don't know if we have enough time, but I, but I have a few. Um, I, I really want to see our agency, just specific to Terry, I want to see us complete the, the College for Life, which is the campus that we're building out in San Marcos. 
And on that campus, we, we are actually going to have um, Kilmer College, which will be, um, you know, a, 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 actually a college, a certificate offering college for individuals who, who, who have uh, both mild uh, developmental disabilities or autism, but also folks who, whose uh, special needs are more severe. So, um, and it'll have a residential component. And, um, you know, I mean, right now, if your child is, has Asperger's or, or, or is very capable, there's quite a few college options out there um, that could be a possibility. But there really isn't much if your child is more severely uh, impacted by their autism. So that's a big goal of mine. I'm very excited about, about this college program. Um, it has a lot of great things that we built into it. Um, I, I think it, my dearest wishes is that we continue... To, to have models. We continue to have choices. We need to keep pushing the bar and finding out what works for children and adults with autism. We can't just sit there and say, um, you know, what we have is enough. It's not enough. Um, we always need to have uh, as many choices available as possible. My, my dearest wish is that every single family out there will have a plan, um, just because there's, I've seen so many tragic situations where parents didn't have a plan. Um, you know, Terry does life quality planning, uh, and, and so certainly we'd love to help people write their plans. But be sure that, uh, you know, that you've got something in place because all of us worry, right? What's going to happen when we die? When we're parents, that's, our, I think, our biggest worry. And, the, and I think if we can put a plan in place, um, that can reduce that worry a little bit. And the final thing, and, and this, is, uh, this is kind of my personal thing, is I, I really think um, we get asked as parents to be therapists, we get asked to be teachers, um, and we get wrapped up in that role, and we lose our time to just be parents. Um, and I remember sitting with my son, uh, you know, doing moving from one therapy to the next therapy and, and just going, you know what, I don't want to be a therapist. I want to be a parent. So I think the final thing is to remember there really isn't anything more important than just enjoying your child. Um, and, and don't let yourself get all overwhelmed and, and stressed over uh, all the therapeutic interventions. The most important thing is just to love your child the way they are um, and, and focus on being a parent. Beautiful. Every day is a day to take joy in your child, and I, and I think that that kind of sentiment really comes out in what people will see at Terry if they have the wonderful opportunity to visit you. So, yeah, Bill, you. do you have anything to, to add to that? No, I, I think that um, here at Terry, the, the future is actually unknown because we evolve and, and who we are today, we didn't think we'd be 10 years ago. So who, who will be in 10 years, we don't know, but it's exciting. Well, I well, hope I, we I, can... oh, oh, I'm sorry, Terry, I think you said, uh, you know, when you were corresponding with me before this interview, you said there's going to be a lot of people um, with autism you know, pushing forward into that adult service system. What are we going to do? And um, that's why that's why we've gone the model program route. And my hope, another hope, would be that there's a lot of other organizations across the U.S. that will go towards model programs, so we can all learn what works best for them across the lifespan. Well, I hope that people will contact you and and work and uh, help with what you're doing. And again, uh, contact information: www.terryteriinc. Dot org and um, I hope that everybody will be able to get together uh, next year in Chicago uh, at Autism One and brainstorm on these issues. Uh, I know that I've really enjoyed uh, talking with you, Christy, and you, Bill. So I want to thank you for providing a respectful, multifaceted, and innovative program for adults facing developmental challenges. Thank you so much for being with us here today. 
Well, thank you. Thank for you, Terry. And to our listeners, my guest next week will be Dr. Kyle Van Dyke. Thank you to this program sponsor, OxyHealth. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And Medica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.